Hello and welcome to The Boy and the Bear. I'm Scott, a fan of the mighty Glasgow Rangers. And I'm Patrick, a fan of the official losers of the January transfer window, Celtic. And a week that Aberdeen tried against the team that wasn't Rangers, there's plenty to get cracking on with this week, lads. After two very different reactions to the transfer window and Rangers dispatching Livingston, while Celtic were held to a draw by the Dons. Please do follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're now on Twitter at BoyBearPod, that's Boy with an H. And if you enjoy the pod, please do send a link to listen to your group chats. This really helps us reach more and more people, which is what we want to do. And please do send us any suggestions for topics, trivia questions and just general queries to theboyandthebear at gmail.com. Why, why, the, why is my introduction gone? What do you mean? Like, it's like, oh, hi, I'm Scott. Oh, hi, I'm Patrick. It's like, and nobody cares about oh, me. I think 18 episodes in we know who you are you're the mediator and the bear <laughs> just just thought it was a bit rude to be honest I wasn't even consulted over the process this is Stephen he's the mediator but he's also a Rangers fan there you go cheers lads on to compliments <laughs> thanks very much I, I don't think there's much to compliment Celtic on but I will we've given him a lot of stick over the last couple of episodes but Joe Hart made a f- fantastic save to keep Celtic he game. did, yeah, despite trying to throw the ball to Aberdeen at every opportunity. Also, despite the fact that he could have just literally taken a little gentle jog out of his box and kicked the ball away. Could have. I'm just... I, I just want to give the guy some props. We've slated them, you know. Well, you've slated them, sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> Paddy Boy, before you used to go into Scotties, have you got anything you'd uh, like to add to compliment your own team before? Because I, I imagine we're going to spend the next wee while slating them, so I'd imagine you should give your own team a little bit of a compliment if you can think of one. Oh, thanks, yeah. No, good to see the uh, Nicholas Kuhn getting a goal in his debut, and I thought him and Ida actually looked quite bright when they came on, despite the fact that they are probably unfairly coming for a lot of flack for being the only arrivals. I thought they did actually play quite well. And for Rangers, uh, it's a broader compliment over the last few weeks, but I think the three of us probably unfairly wrote Dessers off, and we've named. Uh, we've uh, named excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Check the I record, not, mate. I would check the record. I Go back and listen an to episode, I actually brought no. up in an episode that Dessers had a better goal to minute ratio than Kiel. This is why. This is why people think you're a Rangers fan. I speak the truth, mate. <laughs> no, I know. You have absolutely also slated him on this podcast. We've named podcasts. I've maybe laughed a couple of your jokes, but I've never expressed that opinion personally myself. Yeah, so we've given Dessers a bit of a hard time, including you, Stephen. And uh, I think he's actually coming on to a bit of a game and a broader sort of fair play. Um, Never rule signings out too quickly, I guess. Well, you've led me. You've led me perfectly into the first uh, first talking point, which is obviously going to be the transfer window. So. Obviously, there was a lot of noise about Shankland, even even a couple of hours before the window. Um, I was in the gym and there was there was a couple of boys sitting there being like, "I've heard, I've heard Shankland's in his car," which is just obviously what you get every deadline day. But uh, does does the form of Dessers, Scotty deflect a little bit from the fact that you needed Shankland, or do you think that will still come to fruition before the end of the season? Look, we got being in the gym at ten pm into the conversation, eh? Just like. Just so everyone in the podcast knows, I was at the gym at 10pm. I not I was doing anything in the gym, but yeah. <laughs> He's got his yellow shorts on, you know. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know, like, I think there's a, there is a general consensus among, amongst Rangers fans that we probably needed one more striker in, in the club. You know, okay, everyone, no one can really fault Dessers, you know, over the last 
couple of weeks he has really improved. He's I don't know if it's he's more settled, he's he's fitter, he's maybe playing in a system that suits him a lot better. Um he is he is obviously improving, but I don't know if you can hang your title hopes on him. You know, I think as the main man, I don't think we can you can do that. I think we're gonna have to have goals from all over the, the team. Um but I, I think the other th- concern is as well is obviously injuries we're ravished with injuries, you know, this season and you know, we've lost two strikers already to injury. So we're one more away from relying on either Fabio Silva or Dessus to carry us till the end of the season. So I think that was probably maybe where a bit of the disappointment comes from from not having another option just in case we get injured um, but no I, I think if he carries on scoring and scoring the key goals that we need them you know like the St Mirren game for example that was a tough game you know one of those ones where you're just going to have to grind it out and he stood up when we were on top you know and took his opportunity so I think that's kind of if he can continue to do that then yeah I think he'll continue to prove a lot of his doubters mm. wrong I think, including myself I think it's fair to say though that every Rangers and Celtic strikers judged on their performance um, against the other half of Glasgow so yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that form going and, yeah. and, I think and sorry I think as well I don't I've said this to you boys before I, I, I don't know if because of his price tag you know people are immediately thinking he's just he's he's not a six million pound striker and whether he is or not not that's suppose that's just a market that dictates the price but I do think if he if he wasn't if he didn't cost us like upwards of like well, between five and six I don't think people would maybe be as disappointed in his performances you know at the start of the season you know if he costs like maybe three million it might be a bit of an understanding that we've got a guy that can contribute but maybe isn't the the main man you know so I think that's maybe where uh, certainly in my opinion comes from yeah obviously moving on to uh, the rest of your January business Scotty one of the questions I had for you was obviously you've done a little bit more business than Celtic but which signing actually excites you the most and I'm quite interested to hear your thoughts on Fabio Silva and just where whereabouts on the pitch Rangers are playing him yeah so um, start with obviously Fabio um, came in obviously and he's that striker from down south of course comes with a big you know price tag and hasn't really lived up to to that price tag so far but you know everyone's thinking he's not really an out and out striker maybe it's more of a front forward player can play across a, a couple of positions but he played um to be fair he played through the middle against Livingston and was really effective I think it's a really good game for him to play against you know, Livingston weren't going to come out and play football. You know, they were they were going to sit in and try to fight for, you know, scraps and uh, dead ball situations. You know, and maybe try and frustrate the home crowd. But he got right in there, played, played on the line, tried to hold the ball up pretty well. Actually, got in. You know, used his pace, used uses like skills to, you know, just try and try something different to, you know, create opportunities to score, which obviously, you know, you boys know as well, like defending against 10 men in the low blocks, you know, is frustrating to watch and sometimes you don't have the creative ability to, to do that. So it was nice to see him just, you know, have that bit of flair and just try something. And then obviously took his goal really well, crowded box, mm. got his foot around 
rounded defender to pass the keeper. You know, and you look at the Livingston defending, they defending very deep with every man pretty much in the box. So there is no space. Martindale going to Martindale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's about fifteen buses in that box, you know. Uh, but I, I thought I was, I was really impressed with with it, his overall contribution, and hopefully that's the goal that just kind of gives him a wee wee lift, and you know propels him on for the rest of the season. Is he the one that's actually the most then? Um, not really. I, I, I'm very excited by Diamande. Um, I think once he gets up to <laughs> speaks for five minutes about Silva, is he the one that excites you the most? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> just got. Hey, just, just. I, I think you. I think Silva will be really good and really interesting to watch. But no, I, I think <laughs> Diamandis, the midfielder that we've been craving. You know, someone that can actually carry the ball and you know, in the opposition half, take you know, play out from the press. A Diamand in the rough. Oh, very nice, Pat. Very nice. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Alan Ruff. <laughs> right. Also, love by the way, <clears throat> just for our listeners, we do actually plan these episodes probably a little bit more than they come across. Before we started this call, we said uh, we talk about these subjects, etc. And I asked Scobie Diamant, he's like, I don't really know much about him. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, the most excitable of uh, of the transfer. I just think I think in terms of what we've not had for a long time. You're doing such a good job of not sounding like you're just reading off follow follow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Uh, No, but I I think I think he'll be a really welcome addition to midfield, and will help us play. I think especially in the the old firm games, you know, help us actually we break the the pressure you know the the pressing lines that Celtic have in those games so it'll be interesting to see when he gets up to like speed obviously he's not played for a couple of months since the Norwegian league like finished so to be honest I think all three the players we've brought in will contribute whether like say for Cortez for example whether he contributes immediately I don't think so I think he'll be more towards the end of the the season start of next season we'll really see him come into play but I think it's really interesting profiles that we've got do you think you've signed three starters? Uh, yeah was, yeah I think so really funny you just said that Pax man my yeah. first question to you was do any of those three Rangers signings get into the Celtic X11? the current Celtic 11? yep hard to say until they've played a few games and you get a sense of of what they're like and yeah. how they fit into Scottish football certainly I can't lie if, if we'd signed Fabio Silva then I would have been really happy with that. If we'd signed a player of the quality of, well, supposed quality of Diamande, yeah. I think we'd have taken that cover. The only, I'll probably regret you know, saying this in a later pod, but I, I feel like the signing, I actually feel like the signing of Kuhn is a really good signing. Like So despite the the embarrassment that was Celtic's transfer window, the one positive coming out of it is I think Kuhn will be a good player. Um. And it's just yes to answer the question. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I certainly would have taken him, but I, I, th- I think I'm such a desperate man by the end of the January transfer window. I would have taken, I'd have taken David Martindale as our backup striker. Like just sign someone, please, God. So. I heard Philip Sebo's going to retirement. Another question I had for you, Pax. What I don't want to do is spend most of this uh, this episode talking about Celtic's failures. Um, is it? Go is on. it any- you know you want. To. <laughs> is it anybody? In the Celtic squad, do you think is being underutilised or that could be used in the second half of the season? It would almost seem like a new signing. 
James Forrest. Seems to happen. It just seems to happen quite. <laughs> it seems. To, <laughs> it seems to happen quite often that there is uh, there's players that come out of both sides of the old firm that <clears throat> fans have kind of written off, etc. And I just that for me, the reason I'm asking it is David Turnbull. From for me, just personally, I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Like, doesn't seem to really put, ever put a foot wrong when he does play. Um. Yeah, I was of that opinion at the start of the season, but to be honest, I think he was. I think he maybe knew he was going off to Cardiff earlier than he did because the performance he put in when he came on against Ross County was genuinely embarrassing. Like he was afraid yeah. to get injured, you know. So I think maybe something was put in place there. Yeah, something in the background. Um, yeah, it's not a popular opinion among Celtic fans, but I liked I liked Turnbull. Um, I thought he was a shining light for quite a few seasons, and actually a player with who was a genuine threat outside the box. You know, someone who could actually shooting was good from a dead ball I thought he was a useful player to have but you know he, he's a couple of years a year or two younger than a, a a generation of serious Scottish talent you know players like McGinn and Robertson and even Cal McGregor to a lesser extent he's a bit older but Turnbull's never really kicked on when we signed him from Motherwell he's one of this really bright sort of Scottish generation that's coming through and you think he's going to be a mainstay in the Scotland team and actually really He's not improved since he's been at Celtic. And actually, I always thought when we signed him, the move he'd make onwards from us wouldn't be Cardiff. It would be somewhere, you know, no disrespect to Cardiff, but a, a bigger, more illustrious club. And I think more that's like what, a Ryan Christie path straight into like lower... lower yeah, possibly. Yeah, Christie's a, a good example to use, actually, because I, I think Christie has kicked on and elevated his game and um, you know, look, doesn't look out of place at all in the Premier League. And I think Turnbull is, you know, he's not... Of that standard yet, although his shooting's a lot better than Christie's was in that COVID season. <laughs> Do you think though, like you look at like Turnbull and Lewis Ferguson, and they're not like quite similar in age. So you thought like you know, you thought David Turnbull would be the the one to maybe well, no, I think a place in Scotland. Whereas now you look at Ferguson, he seems to be the Ferguson's, preferred choice. You that's know? exactly it. And Ferguson was the example I was trying to remember that I forgot. So thanks for that, Scotty. No, F- Ferguson in the weekend by the way. Ferguson yeah, is go. someone who's seriously kicked on, you know. And again, another yeah. failure of Rangers and Celtic to try and get him to... Oh, 100%. Is it a failure of yeah. Rangers and Celtic or is it a failure of the Scottish league structure that doesn't challenge them to the extent where they kick on? I think I think maybe a bit of both. I think it's maybe the unwillingness of both Rangers and Celtic to take a punt on these Scottish guys that have clearly got talent. McGinn. And I think it's... <laughs> I, well, yeah, the I think was it's the reason why I was sorry, Scott. The re- McGinn one was no, the reason why I was asking because to me, looking at John McGinn, I'd, I'd have absolutely no doubt at all. By the way, that he would have done exceptionally well at Celtic. That's not what my argument is. But you look at him now that he's Aston Villa, the power, the pace. Like, he always had that. The arse. The arse. The arse. He always had that. Listen, Paddy, me and you were actually at the Hibs game at the weekend for our sins. I don't know why we were there, but um, I was scouting Quan. <laughs> you just, that's why you're you're tired, don't, you don't, you don't watch unless you're watching. You just don't see this. Any, I know ability-wise, obviously that's that goes without a doubt. But just even the athleticism in that in that game was yeah. absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Though I think like there's a reason why Rangers and Celtic won't spend the money like that wee bit extra money on McGinn or on Ferguson because the league is you know maybe. It, doesn't allow for these players to really flourish and get better and therefore in the eyes of the old firm it's like well it's a 
if I can't turn a profit, no, on, Scott, I disagree. I think it's a complete. I, I, no, I, I, I don't no. agree. No, because I, I think McGinn was ready to go to Celtic, and we lowballed Hibs, and Ferguson would have been okay. ready to go to Rangers, and they never put the offer in. And I think it's a complete. But that's what I mean, though. Is that is that why no, they're because, not putting the look at the market? Is that because... No, I think it's a bit, a bit more forward thinking needed from and actually trusting our own league a little bit more. I, I agree with what Stephen says. Yeah. Like these athletic, dynamic players are few and far between in the Scottish League. But when they appear, surely it's the job of Celtic and Rangers to make them go to, you know, our clubs and not. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But is that? But are they not? Is there not a hesitation though from Rangers Celtic to spend that little bit of cash on these? Well, weirdly, no, because you know, Turnbull was one of them. Putting... Greg Taylor was one of them. And we bought them. We seem somehow decided not yeah, to do that with McGinn. Right. Well, maybe I'm just looking at it from a Rangers point of view, but we're, we're quite hesitant to you know spend like, you know, two and a half, three million on, you know, Lewis Ferguson or the Hickey or the Doig, you know. the Mate, I the, completely agree. Josh Doig, do you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's because in the eyes of Rangers, it's it's weighing up the balance. Are these players actually going to come in and kick on you know Celtic's or, most successful captain ever know. was bought from Hibs you know yeah but look at look. Well, this is there's an argument to be made as well like from from our end you know there's like the most successful Rangers teams have always had a Scottish core <laughs> I thought you were going to say player <laughs> I was like yeah that's going to how it works <laughs> yeah. no but like a Scottish core you know like of players like every you know our most successful managers have had that and I think that's that has been lacking for us and I don't know if the reason we're not spending money on the Scottish players is because we're kind of maybe weighing up the options whether it's profitable or not for us. You know? I'm going to hark this right back to the initial question before we got sidetracked, which was, are there any Celtic players in the squad that are sort of ready to come through and yeah. like a Turnbull and, and try and take the place? And my honest answer is no, I don't see it. We've got Maida, I know, set to return from the Asian Cup. Um, Maida will be sooner because Japan have been knocked out. But, you know, these these are players that we had already. And that's sort of links us on to talk talk about the absolute shambles that was Celtic's transfer window. One of the players I feel that we really should and could have signed scored against us at the weekend. You know, he had one chance, a couple of stepovers, does our centre-half and puts it into the far corner. And <laughs> I don't know why Celtic didn't have the... Like, Aberdeen are what, like, eighth or ninth in the league? You'd have thought that we could sign that team's top striker. Just on that, the Celtic fans obviously had their protest before the game. Oh, wasn't do you it? Think it was more a banner than a, pro- mm, a, a protest. Is a bit strong. But yeah, it's. Do you think now though that there's a there's a serious danger that the fans' displeasure is actually going to have an, a really negative impact on the team? And it's almost better that you just get to the end of the season and then have some sort of review. Like, I do not think the fans should just get behind the team you've got. You've got the cards you're dealt with. It's not the players who are theirs fault. They're there to win a title and now the fans are kind of detracting a little bit from that. Mate, the mindset I have and I think most Celtic fans is back the team, sack the board. Like so Celtic, it doesn't it does, it's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't work like that, well, mate. It's not it does because a, you can cheer your team on on the pitch, but you can be angry at the way your club is run. And But how I'm sorry, you're creating just a you how can you be but, how can you hate your board when you've won like eleven out of the last twelve trophies, your board continues to spend titles, you spent money trophies, on just like now. Doesn't matter, same fucking thing. You've won, you've won titles. You won leagues. Maybe to a Rangers fan, yeah. No, it doesn't. All I'm saying is, you know, there seems to be this fucking outrage at your board for not doing anything. But you've been a dominant force for the last ten years. Can I explain? You know, just just quickly though, just as a genuine, genuine neutral, that I I do like have to agree with Scotty. Like on one hand, I seem it feels like I'm. 
I'm never going to be able to speak to a Celtic fan again. But it feels like on one hand, like you almost take the obviously take the position the Rangers bankrupted themselves and a bit of a laughing joke and like deserved everything they got with that. And then on the other hand, you're like wanting Celtic spend all this money and like if you've won all these leagues, it shouldn't be Scottish football shouldn't be easy. It should be hard to win trophies. Like you can't just have one bad window. Yeah. Like how many players have you signed in the last twelve months? Exactly. No, how many players do you know? That was a question. How many players have you signed in the last 12 months? I reckon we've signed 14. But it's the quality of player that we're annoyed at. Right, but you can't then just constantly rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Like, coaching has to come into it. Like, you can't just then make up that you've got new targets. Like, those were your targets. You got them wrong. You just have to wait till the next game summer. Can I explain why, as best I can, why I think Celtic fans are rightly pissed off at the moment of the way the clubs run, right? So we have recruited a manager who's been brought in and said he wants to make a, an impact in Europe. He wants to see Celtic progress as a club, right? And I get that and I accept and I love the fact that we've been so dominant in Scotland. But there doesn't seem to be any ambition in the board. Any, There's no further ambition than finishing one point ahead of Rangers every season. And to the support, that's not enough. We have every right to demand that Celtic improve as a club in Europe improve as a club in the way that it's it communicates with its supporters, improve the way that recruitment happens. You've literally seen a dire season spearheaded by the recruitment team and the board. Ange Postcoglu coming in, changing everything, transforming everything. And now we know that the transfers and the signings that he made were as a result of his you know his <laughs> knowledge and his talent, because they've reverted to type as soon as Rogers has come back in. You've got Dermot Desmond and Dermot Desmond's son, you know, involved in Celtic, which is nepotism in itself. Then you've got Peter Lowell, and beneath him you've got Mark Lowell, who's Peter Lowell's son. So if Brendan Rogers wants to complain to Peter Lowell about the recruitment, he's going to be moaning to Peter Lowell about Peter Lowell's own son. That's <laughs> nothing is going to change. We could be a fan-owned club with a seat on the board and actually have our feelings heard. The reason this is spilling out and the reason Celtic fans feel so aggrieved by this is because the same thing happens all of the time. We have a really strong point to start from. We could actually see a pathway where we develop as a club and improve in Europe. And yet again, the signings we make, there's no strategy behind it. There's no plan. We get to January, we identify quite clearly that we need a goalkeeper to replace Joe Hart and a left-back and absolutely nothing happens. And we're signing four-month loans for Adamida from Norwich. Like, there's no consistency with what Rogers says and what actually happens. He said in October and November, I want four pieces of quality. We need quality. We need quality. Then Cal McGregor comes out at the end of November and says, yeah, we need to add quality to the squad, add quality. Celtic fans then expect, okay, three, four players coming in of quality in the January window. We get a loan signing from Norwich. It's not even our own player we're going to develop and we get a, we get a winger. But does that not show you the sort of man? That's just like you're kind of making my point. Like they're the markets that, realistically, unfortunately, Celtic and Rangers are having to shop in when it comes to short term signings. How many signings? How many signings? How many signings did Rangers make in January? They've had a much better window because there's clearly a better recruitment team. 
You're not to like the the whole no, but this fact you can't say that because six months ago you were apt you were laughing at that said same club for their signings. Like it doesn't you cannot go into Celtic. This is what it does annoy me a little bit. Celtic fans cannot expect every single window to be like we'll sign the best players. We're going to win this league easy. We will qualify for Champions League. Like I do think your club's failed in Europe, but there's absolutely no doubt about that. I think the best performances you gave for last season, but the end result was the exact same. If I'm sitting on that board, I'll be totally honest with you. If I don't have coherent plans that can get me to the end of the season and I think I can win the league still and then I can go again then and do you think do Celtics like, do you think Celtics January window has seen them gamble with the league title I don't think it was it was already a gamble I don't I didn't see Come you making on. any I know I don't I don't I didn't see Celtic making any signings that would then allow them to Rogers say, did oh the leagues the leagues are the Ro- leagues given Rogers did our own captain did what that you would make two or three signings, three or four pieces of, of quality given. football shouldn't work like that it shouldn't it, you can't yeah football does work like that no, it doesn't. <laughs> you, you can't guarantee us. You can't guarantee. No, it doesn't. Not with the amount of. Pl- it's not like you're signing sure things all the time. Rangers and Celtic have to sign players that are a massive risk due to the size of our league. So, like, you would just be rushing in players, and then those players could be stuck on wages. Like, you've got three or four players stuck on wages. Look at James McCarthy. Like, you've, you've got exactly. Why do why the, why do we sign James McCarthy? Well, that's just a bad signing. Exactly, and there's been so many bad. Si- I think the ratio you could of rush signings. January signings and the exact same thing. No, the ratio. And no, then no. you get to the summer and you go, "Oh, we don't have any money to sign any players," and then the fans have a protest about that. But no, then, oh, ra- wait, we well, exactly. The so again. we need a better recruitment like, team because we're signing bad players, and it keeps happening year after year. The ratio of good signings for Celtic is about ten to one. The reason you guys kind of signing on it is because you're replacing all the sharks that keep getting thrown. All right, that's 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 Mate, that's there will be sharks thrown at the, f- and, at the and football football goes and swings and roundabouts. <laughs> no, but no, this isn't a swing and roundabout. This is rinse repeat. This happens all of the time. And until we update Mate, the board and ten of the last eleven leagues, like Rangers are back to an extent where it's actually interesting for a neutral again. And I hope the rest of the league falls suit. I don't. I, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but obviously Aberdeen appointing interim manager today was a bit of a. But like it, it, it just. From a neutral's point of view, I'm glad that it's this close, and it but annoys is, me. That I'm, a, I'm a Celtic supporter, and I'm, I, this is the this is the attitude amongst Celtic fans. So, like, I don't really yeah. it doesn't really matter what the neutrals but think. It does because it doesn't. It's like you can't just like it, the the league's back to being a, a neutral basis, and I would love personally just see both sets of fans getting behind their team and actually driving the product. All it's doing now is anytime you see a Celtic, and I watched Celtic game at the weekend. You see the Celtic fans before the game, and you're like. We have every right to be pissed off at our board for gambling a league title by not investing in it when there's seventy million in the bank. I just, I just like the fans to properly get behind the team. And we are behind the like team, a... but we're not behind I the management it, structure. It's so a... you don't think that you don't think what happened before that game ha- had an effect on the team, and that's why not it, ended t- it was up a banner. If the players are going to get annoyed at a banner being shown, then they shouldn't be playing football. The, the Celtic fans backed the, the team during the game. There's, there's no more to be said than that. Every team's going to get belters from the fans if they put in bad performances. Celtic fans have a right to be pissed off at the way the club's been run and the lack, and the fact that fans are being taken for mugs. When you're paying so much money for a season ticket or you know, Celtic fans flock to buy all of the new kits and invest in the club every year and it's rinse, repeat, same. And you're told by the manager and the captain, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it doesn't, you have every right to be pissed off. Because if we lose this league title, which I now think is 50-50, then we're potentially missing out on the 60 million riches of the reformed Champions League next season and then we'll be playing catch-up. And that seems to be the only time that Celtic react. They're reactive, not proactive, because they're lazy and they're complacent, whereas actually the fans aren't, because the fans can see what's coming. And that's failure, because I honestly think the league's 50-50 now, and if we lose this league, it's the fault of the recruitment team for both last summer, the dire transfer window, 
and the lack of action in January. I just yeah. Uh, listen, I don't get, I don't disagree with the complacency to an extent, but I just think that there needs to be a, a, a step taken back and go find me any other league that you would like to classify as the Scottish league where it's it's competitive and that a team wins eleven of the last twelve. Oh yeah, because all those teams, you know, they don't they don't they don't get annoyed when their team isn't doing too well. <laughs> it's the well, same they, as every club when your team isn't doing too well, you look for answers as to why it's happening. Yeah, but they don't say sack the board and stuff like they that. absolutely do. There's, no, they don't. They, mate, no, there's they teams don't. that cancel games by throwing stuff onto pitches. No, they don't. Liverpool, Liverpool yes, they do. Finished, they literally Liverpool did. finished second in the league by one point. They didn't see like banners in the stands being like sack the board or when Man City. Yeah, but they've like, got competitive. One league. They've title, got a competitive like, product. They've got a much. They've got a team. Where, my like, point exactly. You. We are now going towards a competitive product because of so, Celtics like, in action. Get a grip. Get a grip. It's a competitive product. Like it's gonna. It should be hard. Get a grip is a lazy way out. It's not a lazy way. I'll continue making the argument. It's it's the fan base need to st- step back and go. Yeah, we've had a bad transfer window. No, we've had about like, will Rogers <laughs> get sacked at the end of the season if we don't win the two league. Two transfer windows under Ange. Every transfer window has been bad. Right. So the two transfer windows under Ange were only a year ago. So surely you've still got the main bulk of those players that can then yeah we do forward. Yeah, so what's what's the problem? We don't have the main bulk of the players because Jota left. Well, that's one. So what what's the problem though? I don't. I don't Vickers is injured. Well, then you can't... Like, Hatati's been wage, injured. So you can't just go and My replace him. Like, you're paying him a wage. That's injuries. That's unfortunate. You can't just be like, all right, well, our players are injured, so we're going to make four new signings. So we've got a left-back and a back-up left-back that isn't good enough. We've got Joe Hart and goals with no decent well, replacement. can I just say, a year ago, you were saying Greg Taylor was the best thing since sliced bread. He was, so, but like, there's only one of them. What if he gets injured, which is now? There's no forward planning at Celtic. And I like that you're making Scott's argument for him, but honestly, the no, Celtic I'm making, I'm making an argument as a neutral. I don't know what Scott's argument is, and imagine unless I'm Rangers fan, I just, I just for me, like, and I, I, I want to want, I want to watch Scottish football. I want to actually be like actively looking at the game stuff, and it, it was refreshing to see Aberdeen take points off Celtic. But then it was like, oh, the board, this support. Like, no, you just drop two points against like a team that are probably the third or fourth biggest team in Scotland. Like that should happen. Yeah, on but my problem basis. isn't the Aberdeen game. My problem is the Celtic's lack. Of, they're gambling with the league title, and sort of supporters have a right to be pissed off at that. But like, I don't understand who you think you're just going to pick up in a January market. Like, it, it's a, such a hard market already. Never mind like when you're just That's got like lazy excuses. It's not my job. <laughs> if I'm a recruitment team, then I'm expected to do. Better than Adam well, for four recruitment months. teams. If you take a if you if you're if you're putting your CV on LinkedIn, you go. I was part of the recruitment team that won eleven out of twelve league titles for Celtic. Probably sounds all right. And I've made and I've made and you you said it yourself. They've got seventy million in the bank. So if I'm part of that recruitment team, I've won eleven of the last twelve league titles. I've made Celtic seventy million pound. Like what? Like what? What do you think's on the? And we've not progressed. We've not progressed teams. as a club or in Europe. And we're going, but we're regressing. We brought in a manager who said he was going to improve things, and he's not. Yeah, I don't disagree with the manager. It's got, you know it's, got compl- it's got worse. So, yeah, so we've got every right to be pissed off. Like, there's not entitlement here. It's frustration at the lack of action. Celtic should be. We should be excited to go and watch our team play, and we're not. Scott, your thoughts on your thoughts on it overall? And Pat's obviously said they're the league's fifty-fifty. Where do you actually stand on that? Because that is the most important point, obviously. Yeah, I just think this episode is brought to you by Matchroom Boxing. Um, so, now I, I do think. I get it from like from some of Pat's points there about you know the lack of forward planning and the poor recruitment because you know I've sat and spoke to you boys before like as a Rangers fan that has been our main issue over the last 10 years you know we've held on to players you know like Ryan Kent and Morelos for too long you know we didn't sell them when we should have we we haven't really recruited well especially this summer you know the there's you can argue that half of them have done okay, or maybe 
starting to come on to game, but it's taken them some of them two seasons to do that. Some of them, you know, eight months. You know, I, I do think our recruitment has has been challenging, and I, I agree from that point of view that you know, as as clubs and the kind of markets that we operate now, we have to be better at looking at new markets to you know and tried and untested players. You know, like a Oscar Cortez, for example, like a young Colombian. And I think as a fan base, especially from Rangers, I think we're going to have to start being a bit more patient, you know, with some of these new guys. Like, instead of writing them off after th- three games or, you know, three months, it's like it could take some of them six months to eight months to a year to settle into Scotland. I mean, if you've come from South America and all of a sudden you're getting battered by 50 mile an hour winds every bloody day, it can be easy to sell, you know, and I think as a fan base, if we're, and you can maybe agree with me, Pat, like, if we're operating and scouting new markets, then we're going to have to accept as a fan base that these guys are going to take a little bit of time. That's not, But that's not the argument. But We've I do think, anyone into sorry, I do time, think, you know sorry, I, mean? I just, like, I do think that, like, it's a bit, like, laughable in a sense that, like, you, you're, you're getting, because, the board haven't done enough they haven't backed you when but they've not they have they've, not, they've, they've spent they all this really... money there's a problem but listen I agree with what I get I agree with what you're saying Like I agree with I can understand how this feels like from the outside looking in but you've got you've watched Celtic's recruitment team go out and there just seems to be no cohesive plan of all the players we've signed in the summer and you know in January I think it's probably 11 or 12 players you could say yeah. you could say with certainty one's been good and that's Palma so something is wrong with the recruitment. And if I was bad at my yeah. job, I would be sacked or I'd be disciplined. I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's right. And you know, that's the opinion of the vast majority of the Celtic fans. Like, l- listen, for all the Slate Rangers, you've got to a European Cup final. You've proved yeah, that yes, it can yeah. be done. Yeah. You know, and the board are either underestimate, they're, they're either underestimating Rangers, which is stupid because everyone can see that they've improved under Clement, or they don't care if they lose the league. And either of those, you know, is not acceptable. I think though, from our last, you know, from one of our last, like after the old fun game where obviously you guys won, I think if it had come out and we beaten you, maybe there might have been different. The board, the board might have gone and spent. Or- Mate, honestly, in hindsight, in hindsight, honestly, that you, you you're almost certainly. I think that probably you saw how Dermot Desmond, Dermot Desmond reacted when we lost that semi final under Ronnie Dyla. Like, buy a new yacht instead of spending. Well, no, that's player. actually when he acted and went and got Brendan Rodgers and came back and decided he was going to yeah. take treat Celtic properly. That it's it's, it's I could go on for ages about it. That yeah. that is the attitude of the Celtic fans, and it wouldn't be fair for me not to stand up for that. You know, I can see. I'm not asking you not to stand up for them. I'm just saying this. I can I, I see how, I get how it looks on the outside, but. Celtic fans want their club to dream bigger than just being ahead of Rangers all the time. And that's not the attitude of the board. And I think the board needs to, you know, you know whether that's right or wrong, they need to accept that those are the views of the fans rather than what feels like being completely ignored. The reason protests happen is when there's no c- good communication. Do you think the board regret bringing back Brendan Rodgers? Just before we move on. It feels, it feels like something's off. Um, it, there's... Heavy rumours that Rogers will walk in the summer, and to be honest, I wouldn't blame him if he did because he's not been backed in the way that he probably thought he would be since he came home. Came Tom back for to... Brendan Rogers is where does he go? But that's was that exactly. not the reason he left in the first place though? He wasn't backed. Was that, well, exactly. Know? Can you see why we're getting annoyed now? <laughs> no, I get, I get it, but then it, surely there's a realization that maybe okay, you guys maybe have the seventy million, 
in the bank, but how much of that seventy million do you actually have to spend, and how realistic, you know, like. With, with all due respect to that argument you just made, Brennan Rogers left because he got offered the Leicester job, which at the time was a top six yeah. in Premier League yeah, club. I think, I think he nearly finished in Champions League with both them and won an FA yeah, Cup. I think Rogers and then Celtic then replaced the manager Postacoglu. Not a great. No, deal we replaced him with the replaced no, him no, with no, the deal. Not a great, <laughs> not a great deal longer after that. Obviously, you had the Lennon situation well, stuff again, which was a terrible recruitment. You know, it's like so you, he'll be your next manager the next time. Just to complete the cycle, bring back Lenny. Let's move on to, uh, to a different point then. Obviously, um, yeah. if Rangers win the league now, yep. Okay, would that be more of an improvement f- that Philip Clomont has brought to the club, or would it be a drop off in the standards of what we've just talked about with Celtic? I think both, both can I, be true, can't they? Yeah, I think there has been a drop off though this season uh, in terms of the quality on display from both teams, especially the first half of the season for us. It was a major drop off. You know, we were promised, obviously, you know, Michael Beale, obviously, a very good talker. And I miss him. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I don't. Um, but Jimmy, he talked, you know, as if we. I never thought I'd say that, but I miss Michael Beale. <laughs> What's happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, well, I think if you look at the squad, I, I think Philip Comont has done an unbelievable job getting, getting these players that we. And you guys have slated and I've slated, you know, I mean, Dessers couldn't stay on side for three months. James Tavenier looked like a shadow of himself. John Lundstrom, I was ready to pack his bags and send them down. Now he's been one of the most consistent players over the last three months. Do you Imagine mean? you just rocked up at John Lundstrom's house and packed his right. bags. For him. <laughs> Let's go, Lenny. Time to get down the road, son. Uh, I think he'd leather me like, but... Um... Excuse me, who are you? <laughs> Just a wee guy from the Rear Angels. Um, no, but I, I do think Clement has just absolutely done wonders to this team. I think he's brought a real, like, kind of fighting spirit. I think it's, you know, I don't say, never say die attitude. You know, I, I think um, with the position we're in right now and the fact that we've closed the gap and could potentially go top for you know, 24 hours, I think that's all from the manager, you know, yeah, there is an overall drop-off and maybe the rest of the league is actually, some of the other teams have maybe improved, you know, but I do think our position right now is down to the manager. Do you agree that the league title will still come down to the two remaining Celtic Rangers games and do you think Rangers have not only the ability but the bottle to go to Celtic Park and pick up probably what's going to be a needed result? See, before Scotty answers that, can I just say I can I can see a situation where Celtic win those two games but still lose the league because it's Seriously? actually yeah, Seriously? genuinely yeah because we see the big games have been the games we played best in this season, mm. Champions League across the apart from the Atletico away, the performances were all there, were all good against Rangers, we. We played pretty well, and it, it's the Ross Counties and the Livingstons and the Motherwells that we seem to be really struggling against. Sorry, Scotty, over you. No, like I, I totally get your point, and like I think it's evident that there maybe is a mental block against Celtic that, we, that we've got. And I mean, I look at the say for example, like the St. Mirren game that we played, the one 0 Like I don't think we would have got out of Paisley with with that victory. You know, not many people get out of Paisley. 
No, true. But I, I, I certainly think under the previous Sorry. manager... <laughs> Need to have a wee if anybody from Paisley's listening yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny <laughs> um, I, I do think under the previous manager, I don't think we would have gone out there with it, got out of there with the, the victory. I think there is a mentality shift now and maybe come... Obviously, I'm not one to like, say... I, like. I will definitely like go go to Celtic Park and win because it's it's a very difficult place to go. But I do think maybe the mentality has sh- shifted, and we're seeing the type of football that come on once. We're, we're seeing the energy, the the fight, and I do think that come the next Old Firm game, I think we'll be. I don't think we'll quit as much as we did before. You know, because you look at the first game at Ibrox well with. We just no, but like you look at that. We're you not look quite at, trophy. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, listen, that's the only trophy you'll be winning this year, mate. Um, you don't do walking away. No, but I do think if you look at the the very first game, um, the very first old firm game of the season, there was Rangers just kind of seemed to gave up a bit. You know, there was no belief, there was no fight, and okay, the last the game just before um, the new year. The only problem was we just didn't have any quality up front. So now maybe if Dessers is flying a bit more, that wasn't Silva, the only problem. I mean, he, no, our, our player scored two worldies. And yeah, yeah, he scored two absolute belters. But I'm saying, you know, like we didn't really have much up front. So maybe come, we'll have more of a belief in ourselves, and we'll have two strikers that are actually firing. You know, and it might be a different game. I do think, I do think we are. I do think there's a different mentality now at Rangers I do who think do you think is going to win the league obviously I'm going to say us almost I'm going to say us I, I, I think I, I do think there is a belief there though I do think I mean it must be like similar to you guys when Ange took over and it seemed impossible yep. and then all of a sudden Momentum. you know yeah. you've gained that extra you're Momentum getting victories all with you yeah that, right. I think I, I think it's on a knife edge I think it yeah, I think the next few weeks are absolutely critical because if Celtic drop points in the next games, I think the wheels are going to come off. But see, speaking of that, sorry, Pat, I I saw a stat today. I don't know if this is true, but apparently Rogers has never taken, has never got a victory at Easter Road. Celtic manager. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I don't think he's ever won there. Oof. I need to double check it, but yeah, certainly I, there's a, there's a fact there's something about that with Hibs. Yeah. But well, that could that could be obviously it's Easter Road, isn't it? And having seen Hibs, if we don't pick up full points there, yeah. then <laughs> yeah. the games are over. Was that not also helped when he was Celtic manager? Hibs weren't in the division. Eh, when he was Celtic, I saw the manager Hibs weren't in the Premier League for a few years, were they? They could remember that was around around the time they got relegated. There was definitely a season where no, there's a couple. Hibs I'm were pretty down, sure. There's... I'm just trying to add a little bit of Celtic defence to this. Well, but it's yeah, not like man, you, fuck's sake. <coughs> momentum's the listen. Momentum's the word. At um. I don't know if you were asking me the question as well, Pat. You just made eye contact with me. I think um, over the screen now. If, <laughs> if if Celtic can get a little bit of positivity, it just takes something. Maybe take Kyogo. We've not really touched upon that in this podcast. Why don't you go in and do a wee talk? Boil. Sorry. Why don't you go in and do a wee talk? I might go in and do a wee talk. I don't know if I'll be welcome in that part of Glasgow at the current <laughs> moment in time. Not anymore. Well, Patrick, Pat's not allowed in uh, Paisley. You're not allowed at Celtic Park, so and you're not allowed out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think momentum's such a, a fickle thing in football that I think one to eleven Celtic still have a better team, um, and should should win the league. Of all the seasons to start in this podcast, hey, like I've I, I can't remember such a yo-yo season with Celtic. I don't Fantastic. know how you, I don't know how you feel about it, Scotty. But honestly, like, see if had done la- any of the last few seasons. Either way, it would have been probably the same emotion throughout. Whereas this one, like week to week, 
I'm I'm actually so glad we started this podcast now because <laughs> it's a helpful sort of mental tracker because I feel like I'm either like <laughs> mega high or mega low and Celtic are really putting us through the ringer this season. Well, to put you back on your high, Pat, we'll, uh, Thanks, we'll, we'll move on to the trivia questions. <laughs> to put you back on a high, we'll expose your lack of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know you're just buzzing about every single week. So because the boys did so well in the last set of trivia questions, we have agreed that we are going to let them do their own ones again and come up with their own subjects. So, can, I, can I go first? This because there's an important link. Uh, with your permission, Mr. Mediator, that I would like to. Well, to be honest, mate, you're uh, you edit these podcasts, so even if I didn't, you just reverse it around <laughs> anyway. So yeah, sure, crack on. Well, uh, <laughs> I would like to extend a belated happy birthday to Mr. Bear himself, Thanks. Scotty. Right, thank you. Thank uh, you've had a birthday recently, so many happy returns from the Mediator and the boy, and from all at Celtic Football Club. <laughs> um, and because it was your that birthday, one burns a wee bit. <laughs> because it was your birthday recently, mate. Um, I've got sort of an age-themed question for you. Right, beautiful. Um, so I th- this is recent history. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, okay. Um, so don't think like back to Sefco. Uh, ah, it is Sefco actually. So don't, I'm just don't, I'm just very bad with. So don't don't ages. think like back to the dark ages or like the fifties yeah, okay. or sixties or anything. Right. Last week. But I would like you to name. Ages. Um, you've got five guesses. Okay. Um, and I want you Generous. to tr- I want you to try and. If you can get three mm-hmm. of Rangers' oldest players to play in recent times, according to Transfer Market, then it's, I'll give that as a correct answer because two of them are quite tricky. Can you define recent times? So is this is this is this liquidation? Ah, uh, this like, is uh, this me liquidation after or is this just before liquidation? What's the? I think you've only won two titles in this time. <laughs> it's definitely it's recent history. Well, like twenty ten. Yeah, we'll see. Let's say since twenty ten. I want you to give me the five oldest Rangers players, and you've got five guesses. And if you get three of them right, I'll consider that a correct answer. Okay. Uh, I'll start with. I'm gonna say the oldest. I'm gonna say Davy Weir. Uh, not the oldest, but he is one of them. Okay. Four okay. guesses left. It's a good start. Uh, I'm gonna say the nightmare of Celtic, Alan McGregor. Two out of five ain't bad, Scotty. Thank you. I'm going to go with uh, Jermaine Defoe. Three out of five. So that's oh, a correct point. Can you get the other two? I tell you what, if you get the other two, I'm going to give you a point and a half. Okay, thank you. I'm going to say I'm going to say Stephen Davis. Incorrect. <laughs> even he, no, but even though even though he won the league, it was 30, 36 when he won the league. Sorry, no? bro. One oh, one guess left. Mate. One guess left. I mean, I've got the point, so I've done well. You've done well, yeah. We've said um, that already. Okay, so Stephen Davis. Um, I'll hand it over to the other Rangers fan after this. Guy, <laughs> so. um, Love you, really. Oh, that's, this, is, this, this is now getting tricky because I thought maybe Davis was... Uh, I'm going to say Kenny Miller. He was sixth on the list, oh. so no, not accepting that. Any guesses at the remaining two? What were your answers, Scott? I can't even remember what you said. Scott <laughs> yeah. said Davy Weir, Alan McGregor, and Jermaine Defoe. Oh, I've got, I've got one. I've got start one 10 more. Second countdown. I've got one more. All right, Scott, you on you go. Who do you think? Chris Boyd. Nope. Second, second spell. No. You love just saying Chris Boyd to any question. I love Chris Boyd. Trivia. Right. <laughs> I think Chris right. Boyd isn't even in the top twenty-five. Oh, okay, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to spare everyone. Just go. Ah, you go for it. Um, third was Gareth McCauley. 
Oh fuck! Mm. I forgot about Gareth McCall. Yeah, he was thirty-nine years, one month, one twenty-five days. And fifth, he's been mentioned on the boy and the bear before. You were gonna die on the. Oh, the Clint Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well done, mate. Uh, well, thank I'd like you. To thank, I'd like to thank Paddy for putting more than the uh, normal thirty seconds that, into that question. That was a wonderful question. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Have no a pleasure, birthday. Scott. So my question to you is. Celtic went on an eight-game unbeaten run in two thousand. Eight. In the year, I an eight-game unbeaten run in the year in the season. Well done, two thousand. Right. Who was the only team that put a halt to that run? <laughs> By the only team, you mean? Well, the, I, I, the one so team. Who, like, who well, was the what, first team? <laughs> who was the first team? Sorry, the first team. Sorry. Oh come on! That put a halt to to that eight-game unbeaten. Ah yes. The year 2000. Oh, <laughs> I remember it well. Well, there must be some significance to it. <sighs> there could be a significance. There Scott could be. Is, uh, Scott's not Googling that far back for no reason. Can I get a, browser history? Can I at least get, can I get one clue? Okay. Is it, Scot- um, is it a Scottish team? It's a Scottish team, yeah. Right. Oh, I reckon it's a total diddy team. Year 2000. Who was your manager? John Barnes? What part of the year? I don't think. No, it was. I'll give. I'll give. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the clue who the who the Celtic manager was. Martin O'Neill was the yeah. Celtic manager. Okay. Well, I remember Rangers thumping us five one at this after the six two game. Not long after, but you went be a little bit right. of a self proclaimed answer for Scotty. It would be. A... It feels too obvious. Am I that arrogant? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know the answer. So I'm gonna. I'm going to say hearts because they always are a bit of a thorn in the side. Midair, have you got a wee guess? Is it a guess? I think you just just knowing who you are and your personality, I reckon you've gone for like Rangers. A Scottish <laughs> Cup. <laughs> a Scottish <laughs> Cup loss to like Morton or something like that. Okay. Not you're both from Aberdeen. Was it? I won oh. one. Um, Baldy Larson scored in, oh. to equalise late on. Is this you that was in the point that Aberdeen actually try against Celtic? No, or? I was just saying that was I went for the relevance of recent result with the question. I thought that was a nice way of structuring mm. it. I mm. thought you just got Henrik Larsson's name wrong and mixed him up with Bobo Baldi. I'd imagine, by the way, that Aberdeen fans who listen to this podcast are quite disappointed uh, at the levels of uh, abuse that we've not handed out to you over the Aberdeen Celtic right, result. That, Do you okay. have, have anything to add to that, Scott? Would you like to apologise to... I'm not apologising to anyone. In the words of Conor McGregor, I'm apologising to absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> on to predictions boys um, there was no correct scores last week um, but there was some correct results so Paddy you are top of this league table still 39 points Steve with 30 and Scotty with 35 there's a title all, race there's a title it's all, to, it's all to play for no doubt Paddy will be asking to sack the board on that one soon <laughs> um, <laughs> this week's predictions uh, for the league games are Rangers versus Aberdeen and Ross County a gentle reminder that if Rangers win the Ross County game uh, we will have Patrick in a Rangers top for the next podcast and Hibs play Celtic and uh, sorry, Hibs play Celtic at Easter Road and St Minnan also at Paisley. So I'm going to start with yourself, Scotty. Your predictions for both the Rangers games and Celtic games, please. Thank you. I am going to say, I think it's been going to be really tight against Aberdeen. So I'm going to say 2 1 uh, Rangers versus Aberdeen. Uh, for Ross County, I'm going to say Rangers 4 Ross County 0. For Hibs versus Celtic, as, as we 
just briefly touched there. I think it's going to be a difficult Celtic seem to struggle, or Brendan Rodgers seems to struggle against Hibs. So I'm going to go for a score draw. Are you going to tell us what that score draw Which is? is? <laughs> I was just getting there. I was just, I was just, I was just getting there, boys. One-one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think again I think St Mirren will do something similar to what they did with us we make it really tight And but I'm going to say uh, I think Celtic will win that one 2-1 Paddy Boy okay. um, I think Aberdeen will try against Rangers I think they might uh, get the yep. Warnock bounce that'll be an interesting one to watch lad uh, I wish him all success but not tomorrow I'm going to say I'm going to say one each. I think Aberdeen will get successive draws against Celtic and Rangers. Or at least I hope they do. Uh, and we just, oh, I think Rangers will win 6 0 against Ross County. I think they are dug meat. And Celtic made them look half decent. But no, I think I think I'll be a spanking. Uh, having seen Hibs last weekend. Good God. Like, a, oh, I still think Celtic will struggle. Um, I'm going to say Hibs won Celtic. Three with a lot of hesitation. Yeah. And I'm going to say St. Mirren won Celtic two, I think. And I would t- bite your hand off for those results right now. Mm. Steve, myself. Steve, myself. I'm going to go Rangers to beat Aberdeen 3 0. Oh, oofed. And I'm going to go for them to beat Ross County 4 1. I just realised the Rangers game's at just... home. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. be 1 1. And <clears throat> I don't have the same nerves for you, Pat, when it comes to the Hibs game because I I don't know how Hibs can uh, go to the levels required to get anywhere near. I mean, St Mirren weren't even that good against them. It was just, yeah. Um, I've never seen a team booed back onto the pitch in the second half of my life. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 going to go for a Celtic 3-0 uh, in that one. Wow. Um, and I'm going to go for Celtic to beat St Mirren 3-1. I'm going to go for top full points for both teams. Nice one, yeah. Nice. You have been listening to The Boy and the Bear. If you want to get in touch with us, you are encouraged to, please do. Email us your thoughts to theboyandthebear at gmail.com. Please also send a link to listen to your mates. It helps us out more than you might think. And please do follow us on Instagram and Twitter or X at boybearpod. Where maybe by the end of the week you'll be seeing our boy in a ranger's top. That's not happening. Hail, hail. Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> well, according to you, it is because you just said 6 0 to Rangers. Hail, hail. <laughs> See you, boys. <laughs> follow, follow. Pleasure as always.